Welcome to Her Talks, a conversation on why women's health matters now, presented by Her Healthy Q. My name is Greta Mauck. I am the content developer for Her Healthy Q, a global nonprofit focused on deploying medical equipment to improve women's health in underserved regions worldwide. At Her Healthy Q, we believe that women are the cornerstone of the family unit and communities at large, and when we give women in under-resourced geographies the tools they need to survive and thrive, the benefits clearly extend to their children, families, and nations as a whole. Her Talks is our quarterly panel with innovators, researchers, healthcare professionals, philanthropy experts, and more, where we discuss how we can use our strengths to achieve women's health equity. The episode you're about to hear was our first ever Her Talks panel, which originally aired on December 7, 2020. In this episode of Her Talks, we discussed how investing in women's health equity initiatives impacts and improves the lives of our communities. First, we discussed the UN Sustainable Development Goals to empower women and girls and deliver health care to everyone on the planet. Then, we discussed creating a workforce that prioritizes the health of women and forming partnerships and programs to work towards health equity. Lastly, we answer the question, what is the single most important thing we can do as a global community to work towards health equity for women right now? This episode is a conversation between four expert women, Ilza Mangalis, Jennifer Kim Field, Faye Chandra, and Marissa Thayer. Ilza Mangalis is the Senior Director for the UN Foundation Business Council on Private Sector Engagement. She creates innovative partnerships between corporations and NGOs, as well as with governments and foundations that promote global development and women and girls' health, rights, and opportunity. She is an enthusiastic leader of health and development initiatives with 20 years of experience leading catalytic organizations and programs with a deep expertise in reproductive health. She has also managed teams at a global, regional, and national levels, and has overseen or directly implemented a diverse range of projects in over 30 countries. Jennifer Kim Field currently serves as the Chief Sustainability Officer at Henry Sheen, but during this recording was the Vice President of Corporate Social Responsibility. She also has a background in working with the UN Foundation as the Vice President of Global Partnerships and is passionate about the causes of health equity, civil rights, and children's well-being. Marissa Fayer is the founder and CEO of Her Healthy Q. She's a 22-year veteran of the medtech industry, was included among the top 100 women in medtech by Medical Design and Outsourcing in 2018, a People Maven's top woman activist to watch, and a recipient of the Africa Development Award in the same year. Faith Legendre is a circular economy specialist and an accomplished and resourceful system strategist with 15 plus years of experience with 200 plus organizations worldwide. She is a highly sought after speaker with 45 plus industry speaking engagements globally, and she is an inclusion and diversity champion and ambassador. All of their social media accounts and anything you hear in this panel, including a transcript, will be available in the show notes at www.herhealtheq.org her talks. I am so excited to share with you volume one of Her Talks. Thanks for her. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are joining us in the world today. We know you've been to a lot of Zoom meetings, so we are especially grateful that you chose to be with us today. As the old saying goes, if you have your health, then everything else follows. And when we have healthy women involved and leading within all sectors of our companies and communities, we all win. Welcome to an authentic conversation with these incredible women. So let's start off with introductions. And so we'll start with you, Ilsa, and then go to Jen and Marissa. So Ilsa, take it away. Great. Hi, everybody. Um, welcome. I hope you can hear me. So yeah, thanks for having me today. Um, it's good to be with you all. And uh, I'm Ilza Melangailis. I am a senior director for the Business Council for the UN, as well as private sector engagement at the UN Foundation. Um, and uh, very pleased to be here actually with a former colleague, Jen Kimfield, who will introduce herself shortly. 
Um, and the UN Foundation is based in Washington, DC. We have offices in New York. Um, I am currently one of the many people who under the pandemic moved to a, a more rural quiet area. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm uh, speaking with you from Southern Vermont. Um, and um, I'm just, I'm looking forward to being with you all today. I, I guess the one thing I wanted, we were asked is to say a little something about today's discussion. Um, you know, my, my background now, or my work now is, is on all topics related to sustainable development and corporate engagement. But the first 20 years of my career, I focused on girls and women and, um, and it is really where my passion is and maternal health and reproductive health. So I'm very excited for today's discussion. Um, and I really, really hope that that we're at a turning point and that a silver lining of the COVID pandemic is that we will in fact be able to make more progress than, and it will be able to bend the curve. Um, so maybe we could have a discussion about that because who knows, but anyway, that's my hope. So anyway, thanks. Looking forward oh, to Thank you, Ilsa. Thanks for sharing your passion with us as well. Jen, you're up next. Sure, I'm Jennifer Kim Field. I'm the Vice President for Corporate Social Responsibility for Henry Schein and the executive director of the Henry Schein Cares Foundation. Um, so I am calling in from uh, sunny yet cool Long Island here in New York. Uh, headquarters, our global headquarters for Henry Schein is uh, right in the middle of the island in a town called Melville. And um, who and what is Henry Schein? For those of you who may not be aware, we're the world's largest distributor of um, equipment and product for office-based practitioners, particularly dentists and doctors. And so uh, given that we are uh, in the midst of supply chain, uh, given uh, the world that we live in right now, um, it's been awe-inspiring to work for a company that's uh, helping to support frontline workers to uh, provide for those in need. Uh, but we have been around for nearly 90 years. It did start off with a man named Henry Schein and his wife, Esther, uh, out of Queens. And uh, so uh, pleased to be here because as Ilsa mentioned uh, prior to this, I was at the UN Foundation. And so um, I'm really proud to sort of marry what I did there and uh, my career throughout in terms of partnerships, because I think it does take the private sector with um, all sectors to come together collectively um, towards uh, reaching the SDGs um, in the next 10 years, but also particularly health. We are in a health crisis uh, and particularly for those in underserved um, areas, communities of color. Um, I think now more than ever, you're seeing given the COVID impacts, how things are sort of um, splitting and dividing and things that have might've been there, but aren't uh, coming to light. And so uh, really pleased to be able to talk about what we can do around women and health uh, and um, where we can go uh, with this together. Thanks. And last but not least, Marissa, the person who helped coordinate us all together. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's great to uh, be here with you. And uh, actually, it was Andy Levy who coordinated all of this, who uh, came up with the great idea of, uh, of her talk. So I just want to say thank you for that. Um, but hey, Marissa Fair, I'm the CEO and founder of Her Healthy Q. Um, I'm here in New York City, and this is the only five minutes that they actually wanted to um, blow some leaves. So apologize if you hear that in the background. Um, I guess they're putting up all the holiday lights and they need the leaves out of the way. But um, so Her Healthy Q is a global social enterprise nonprofit, and we focus on women's health in developing countries. We make sure that we get the medical equipment 
to the women who need it and also the doctors that need it. We focus on non-communicable diseases um, such as cancers, diabetes, heart disease, and maternal health. And a lot of this, um, a lot of the, the work that we do enables the prevention, detection, and um, treatment of these non-communicable diseases of which can be prevented, diagnosed, and treated um, oftentimes. And it's always better to catch it earlier. And so, you know, exactly what, what Faith said, it's been a tough year. And, um, you know, I, I know for myself and my family, grateful to have uh, my health and our health. And we know that when women have their health, that everybody wins. And I think that's really important for us to talk about. And, um, and it's really been a hard year for women as well. Women are on the front lines. 70% um, of um, healthcare workers are women in the US and around the world. And I think that's something pretty startling that everyone probably only just realized now, a lot of us in the industry knew that, but uh, now everybody just realized that. Um, I also think that it's clear that like when women have their health, they can help all of us and help us be our best self, our most amazing self. And that applies again to the US, but also to all around the world. And so at Her LPQ, that's, that's really just what we wanna do. We wanna make sure that this equipment gets to um, the doctors that can help these women live incredible lives. And it's really about access and equity to the equipment for us. Thanks to all of our esteemed ladies on the panel today for those great introductions. I'd like to go back to you, Marissa, because, you know, a lot of sessions start out, um, or I should say, end with the goals, you know, end with what can, you know, call to action, what can we be doing, us folks here on the call, listening in or watching. I'd like to flip that around today and uh, point this question to you, Marissa. What are the goals and why are these goals so critical? today? Why, why are they important to communities? Why, why is it important to all of us around the world, um, those of all genders? Yeah, absolutely. So um, what, what we want, most especially, is, you know, our biggest goal right now is that we are impacting the lives of a million women by the end of 2025. Um, before the pandemic, it was in the beginning of it, now, you know, we had to put a, put, a, put a pause in it, but it's a really big deal. So just to say that again, a million women's lives impacted by the end of 2025, which is really not far away. It's in four years. And so our goal really is to make sure that women has access to equipment so that they have healthier lives and that the, the doctors have this equipment to make it happen. And so, you know, a lot of people forget about non-communicable diseases and, uh, you know, they're, they're actually deadlier than so many of the communicable diseases and especially combined. And so there's, it's, it's in this gap where you've lived long enough to survive these communicable diseases. And now, now you're a little bit older or there's new things coming up and you have a healthier life and now non-communicable diseases are going to get you. And so in the States and in Europe, we have access to really good hospitals, really great pieces of equipment. And in the developing world, they don't have access to that yet. Um, it's either because they don't have the capital to, to buy it, they don't have um, the infrastructure to support it. Um, and so that's kind of where her LDQ comes in. And what we do is we work with medical device companies and we, we get them to where they need to go. Um, oftentimes if they're here and they're scratched and they're returned or things like that, um, they, they turn into waste. 
And so we're just um, repurposing what would have been waste into perfectly good usable pieces of equipment. And so again, our biggest goal is 1 million women uh, impacted. Um, but really what we want um, are medical device partners so that we can have donations of equipment. Uh, we are a nonprofit social enterprise mix. So of course we would love donations, especially of equipment because those are very high dollar value items. Um, we want to connect with the CSR and giving departments of corporations, all types of corporations, um, that we can partner with financially and strategically and tactically. So um, it ranges from all types of um, corporations. And really, the other side is um, uh, we are also looking to connect with impact investors so that we are able to scale what we do um, for the future. And so there's a lot to do. There's a lot of work ahead of us. And I think uh, it's a great question asking the goals so that at least everybody knows kind of, a, you know, from our perspective, where we're going and what we're looking for and, um, you know, what we're trying to achieve in the future. And when, once we hit the million, we want to keep going. We're not stopping, but we want to, you know, give ourselves a good goal to start with. <laughs> oh, that was great, Marissa. And, and as a fan and a supporter of the circular economy, um, I'm, very excited about how you're taking that old equipment and making sure it has a next life and it's kept in that constant continuous loop of use because it's not only helpful for our planet, but it's helpful for the people on the planet as well. So continuing on the theme of goals, let's take a vote here. So you'll find a little button that says reactions on your screen. So locate that right now. How many people are aware of the sustainable development goals? They're sometimes called the SDGs for short. So if you've heard of these, please feel free to click your hand clapping or thumbs up button. Both count. And you only have to click it once. And you don't have to worry about clicking again to make it go away because it'll go away on its own. So let's go ahead and take that poll with the clapping hands or the thumbs up in your reaction there. And we'll see. Oh, we've got some people here that have heard of the sustainable development goals and some people that have not. So that's good because we have some people on the call that really know about the SDGs. So that's a good thing. All right. So that's a nice, a nice mix there. So let's go to you then, Ilsa. Can you take us into a deeper talk about the specific SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals, and uh, maybe share where we can learn more in the chat as well. Mm -hmm. But specifically, can you talk about out of these 17 Sustainable Development Goals, which ones particularly are we focusing in on with this discussion today and, and why? Why is it important for company leaders to pay attention? Why is it important for um, an employee in, in a company? Why is it important for a citizen in a community to take note? If you can share a little deeper dive and take us down from that 30,000 foot view, Elsa, that'd be great. Okay, terrific. Um, so, uh, hi again, everyone. And I realized I didn't share what the United Nations Foundation is. Um, it's not a, um, I didn't mean to presume that everyone would know. So we're the only nonprofit in the world that carries the UN's name. We exist to support the UN and we help the UN basically uh, build a better world. So the UN, as you know, is addressing every topic in the world and, and, and attempting to address every um, injustice out there. And the United Nations Foundation supports 
the UN through communications, through uh, supporting some of their policy goals, through um, linking member states with other constituencies, including companies, which is one of the things that I do. Um, we do a lot of corporate partnerships as well. Um, and uh, and then we one of the things we did was to help support the uh, the formation of the sustainable development goals. Um, we ourselves house 22 partnerships and initiatives across the foundation. Um, and maybe one of the, the biggest preoccupations since the launch of the goals has been in standing these up because we think they're so important. So um, for the few people on the call who don't know what they are, um, as Faith said, there are 17 of them. There was much hand wringing about this being too large a number, but um, people have embraced these goals um, so much more than we expected. And so I would urge you, and I'll, after I'm done, I'll put something in the chat about the goals. Um, but in any case, the UN in 2015 established this set of goals um, after two years of, negoti of negotiations with every country in the world. Every country in the world signed on to them. These are 17 goals to deliver peace and prosperity and a better future, quite literally, for everyone. Um, if the goals are successful, they will have all but er eradicated poverty um, and inequality and also um, really led the charge on climate change. They are utopian, um, as a lot of what we do, um, but they are so incredibly important. And um, as I mentioned, the extent to which companies have gotten behind them has been incredibly encouraging, as well as, of course, many, many, many governments um, and, uh, and NGOs and citizens, because what they do is they really provide a framework. Um, any aspect of global development that you focus on, you're going to find them represented in the goals and the goals become then a global framework for action amongst all actors. Um, the other thing that's special about these goals is that they are universal. So every country in the world has, um, has adopted them, including the United States. Um, and so they apply just as much to um, you know, Switzerland as they do to Swaziland. Um, and so every country in the world is accountable to delivering on, on the goals. Um, so in, in, in terms of today's discussion, um, the goal that would be most relevant is SDG 5, but also SDG 3. So when I say SDG, I mean Sustainable Development Goal um, or Global Goal. So number five is the girls and women, the gender equality goal. So it, the overarching goal is to achieve um, gender equality and empower all girls and women. Um, there are overall for all the goals, 169 targets. Um, that are meant to deliver on the goals um, that governments are reporting on. Um, the SDG 5 has nine goals and they range from, um, from reducing discrimination overall to uh, violence against girls, all and women, all harmful practices, valuing unpaid care, increasing women's participation in leadership, uh, delivering universal access to sexual and reproductive health. Um, but equally, I want to flag SDG number three, because I think it's particularly relevant to what we're talking about today. And SDG three is the health goal. So it's, it's the overarching goal is to deliver health for everyone on the planet. That's a big goal. Um, I just read recently that 50% of, of people in the world don't have access to essential health services. Um, I don't know exactly how that was mentioned, uh, measured, but um, having worked in over 30 countries around the world prior to my current job, I definitely saw that in action. So, um, so within that goal, there is the first, the target number one actually is on maternal and, re and reproductive health, uh, maternal health in particular, I'm sorry. And the goal is a specific target is to reduce maternal, maternal mortality globally to a level of 70 per 100,000. 
Um, another goal is again on universal access to sexual and reproductive health. So I'll just add, um, because having been involved, uh, not directly, but our universe, our organization was involved in the negotiations and I can, you can imagine that that was one of the most contested goals and somehow it wound up being in the goals twice, which is great. Um, and overall, then there's also a, um, a target of reducing uh, non-communicable diseases, non-communicable disease deaths by a third, a yeah, by a third. Um, and so that is also very much relevant to what we're talking about today. Um, and then maybe just in terms of how people can get involved in them, please do take a look and read about them. They're incredibly inspiring. Um, there's, there is, as I said, the breadth is so, um, so uh, all-encompassing that there is something for every individual, every company, every government in particular, but certainly uh, for those for whom it's voluntary, like companies and individuals and NGOs, um, it's, it's important to find the goals that specifically speak to what you care about, what your competencies are, um, and then specific targets that you can help deliver on. And I guess my parting thought would be, please think about what you can do that's transformative. So it is not, this is not at this point about mapping what you're already doing to the goals and saying, this is how I'm helping, because that's what we've all been doing and it's not sufficient. We have to bend the curve for every single goal. We're behind on the target of reaching them in 2030. And so everybody needs to do something different, something bigger, something as we like to call business unusual and uh, really make, in order to really make a difference and to achieve the goals. Thanks, Faith. Oh, thank you for that rundown. That was great. If you can paste that link into the chat too. And I did note that we are focusing on three and five. If people can pay special attention to those two. Now, talk, speak, talking about companies, so you talked about ILSA, companies really making these commitments. One of those companies that's really done a tremendous amount um, around this and, and continues to really pledge to um, just do so much more is uh, your company, Jen. So if you can take us into some specifics and take us deeper into that area around what companies can do and share your example. Sure, you got it. Um, so I'm going to respond in two ways, right? We're talking about two very big thoughts, the, the SDGs, um, which are big and broad, and there's so many of them, but they're critically important. And then we're talking about women's health. And so there's, and there's so many different contexts when it comes to that, and particularly the NCDs. So um, I'm going to offer two perspectives. One is um, as it relates to women's health and the SDGs and, and what we're doing to move the needle on that. One is internally, right? So what are we doing internally as a company? Because we are a purpose-driven company, we wanna make sure that we have an eye out for the health of all of our employees who we call Team Shine members. Um, and so what are we doing that in this uh, moment of COVID and having to pivot and re-strategize and rethink how we work, ensuring that we have um, the health of our workforce in mind and, and so, we have a Women's Leadership Network uh, employee resource group. It's celebrating its three years and um, they've had, they're, they're a force to be reckoned with. And so I think it's really important that the dialogues that we've created through the WLN, the Women's Leadership Network, has been really critical because it's a peer-to-peer -peer network on how to support one another, whether it's um, how do you ensure that you still have a voice in this digital uh, working environment that we're in right now, um, how are we uh, looking out for one another's health? So mental health has really come up during this moment. We know, particularly with data, as Marissa just mentioned, that women are bearing a large portion of the burden when it comes to work, household, children, 
and, and so much more. And so how are we supporting our workforce with mental health and pro promoting a resilient um, workforce during this? So we've done anything from um, established a COVID-19 resource center where people can go to to have re uh, access to resources on how to manage their stress. We've held global town halls. We've had our employee resource group um, uh, to support one another as well. And so there's been a myriad of ways as well as um, managing the health and safety of our workers. And so um, as a supply chain company, we do have various warehouses throughout the globe. And so ensuring the safety and security from providing PPE to having the temperature checks and things like that um, has been really critical. So that's the internal side, right? So before uh, um, we need to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves in order to take care of others. Uh, you know, that whole idea of if you're on the airplane, <laughs> you put your oxygen mask on first before your children's because um, how can you put your child's uh, oxygen mask on if you yourself aren't there? So um, that's the first. The second is um, what are we doing externally? So uh, again, we've been around uh, uh, for quite some time. And so we advocate for health equity and strength in uh, system strengthening. Um, so particularly SDG three, um, and it's all about how do we forge partnerships uh, that uh, to promote things that matter to us in the healthcare side. So this includes um, wellness, prevention, oral health as primary care, particularly, and then access to good quality healthcare, whether that's medical or the oral health side. Um, and as Marissa mentioned, NCDs, I'd be remiss um, to, to say that we know particularly communities of color um, have been affected by COVID, but they also have a higher prevalence of NCDs as well. And particularly um, underserved communities around the world in, in low and middle um, income countries. And for those of you who may not know, you know, the mouth is a gateway to the rest of the body. And so um, there is a close linkage in terms of oral health and um, the, the non-communicable diseases, particularly diabetes and heart disease. And so we wanna make sure that there's that clear linkage. I'm happy to also include it in the chat. There is a series that the Lancet Journal did on oral health that launched uh, during UN week last year. And we wanna continue to um, elevate that um, growing body uh, of evidence that shows sort of oral health with NCDs and particularly how it is affecting um, women and underserved populations because oral diseases impact 3.5 billion people around the world. Um, and so to Marissa's point, um, how can we help um, lift that burden a little bit? And so I think that's really key. And then how do we translate that to promoting it to our stakeholders? So, you know, we're at the centerfold of 3,500 supplier partners to a million customers, um, to our investors, team shine members and society. And so how are we promoting this um, to them? And there's a variety of programs that we have from our heart health program, um, where we're promoting to our customer base about heart health and particularly women's health. And so um, if they look at it, if they purchase product during a period of time, we are raising awareness of um, uh, certain nonprofit partners like the American Heart Association who are tied to um, that particular cause. Um, and that's one way that we're helping to raise awareness as well as supplier diversity. So as you can imagine, making sure that women-owned businesses and um, uh, veteran-owned businesses and, and minority-owned businesses that uh, we're working to elevate that too. So those are um, internal and external examples of that's helpful. Super helpful. I, I love when people talk specifics, you know, and I, I love to go from that 30,000 foot view all the way on down. So that's spectacular. Okay, this next question is up for grabs for any of the panelists. 
So just like nature's ecosystems hangs in a balance of interconnections, right? And we talk a lot about sustainability, circularity there. So does our human structure. And we've come to the awareness that there is a strong connection between health, women, and social justice. Can you please share your insights with all of our attendees today around this area? Who would like to grab that question? Well, I'm happy to go first because I think it plays to what I just mentioned in terms of um, um, this year has been an unprecedented year, as we know, from COVID to um, racial injustice uh, to so much. And so I think that particularly in the U.S., but also around the world, what we've seen is that communities of color have particularly been impacted. And so I think that we all need to rethink and reshape how, how we think about health equity. And I think that um, there are a variety of ways in which we could do that, but I, I think that partnerships and collaboration is, is really key around it, but it's something that we need to continue to talk about because I think that um, there are a, a lot of issues from the unemployment here in the US and the great need for um, food security to how do you bridge a digital divide. Um, but I think we need to continue to push that the health side is critically important. We know that people are not going to see their doctors and dentists and imagine that if this is exacerbated in um, developed countries, what does it look like in developing countries in terms of access to healthcare? And the more that you delay any kind of wellness and preventative care, um, the more you're gonna see that um, particular um, issue illness exacerbated in the future. And so um, impressing upon people and rebuilding the trust um, among uh, consumers to go to their doctors, to their dentists, that there is a trusted source and that there, yes, there is a lot of noise out there and there's a lot of um, uh, unrest that's there, but you still need to, um, ensure that uh, you are getting those regular checkups and that people are getting the opportunity for um, prenatal care. Uh, people are, are still having the opportunity for access to equipment. And so how do we overcome, whether it's supply chain challenges, um, whether it's um, access, it's something that we need to continue to have a dialogue because there's gonna be so many challenges and it's still the next six to nine months at least um, that we need to think through this. And so. Um, we don't want to further delay not only the reaching the SDGs in 2030, but further delay sort of health outcomes in general, for particularly for communities of color. True. Any others? Yes. Yeah. Elsa, you can chime in on this one too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's so much data on the, the ramifications of what Jen is talking about and the, the gaps in care, whether it's vaccines, um, to, you know, it's looking at global at developing countries, we're expecting a resurgence of everything from polio to malaria because of the um, lack of access to medical care that Jen just talked about. So that's critical. Um, I guess, you know, what I would want to say, um, and again, since we were urged to, to make it a little more personal, I, you know, I think Jen talked about how women in particular have to put the oxygen masks on themselves first. I think women, I'm guessing that women can actually put their oxygen mask on themselves while putting it on their children um, and their families, because that's what women do. Um, but I get, I get the bigger idea. And, um, you know, I think I just want to say a little more about what I said at the beginning. I really, really hope that just as there's a wider appreciation for global health. So, 
you know, looking at investment bankers who probably really didn't value global health before, and it's something they took for granted, are looking at global health now because they see that in tremendous economic ramifications of something like a global pandemic. And so, um, so just for the field as a whole, I think it's our moment to strike, um, and hopefully, um, people will will really have taken note of, you know, as Marissa said, that seventy percent of healthcare workers are women, and without them, everything falls apart, and 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 people's lives are at risk. Um, so I, I just just to say again, I really really hope that we're at a turning point, um, and then. And then to say something a little more um, edgy, I, you know, one of the things that I, I think we should all stop doing is talking about the ROI of investing in women's health. And we all do it. And it's on, you know, it's on Marissa's website because, because that's how you have to, you know, get people, that's how, one of the ways you get unconvinced policymakers and government leaders or others to invest in what you're talking about is the ROI. And they can take that upstairs, so to speak, and say, look, if we invest in this project, this, these are the, you know, the wider economic benefits that will accrue to everybody. But, and I myself have written, I could show up, hold you brochures and reports that I've written that calculating the economic um, and social benefits and, and benefits to children's health and to family health and community health and, and na national economic health. But I think it's time to just full stop care about women's health because it's a human right and it's so tragic you know i even the 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 data that i just cited of the goal of 70 maternal mortalities for every 100,000 births that's too many germany has 5 for every 100,000 births you know that's what the goal should be everywhere i know that's a very quixotic statement and it's very 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 hard to achieve but if we don't mobilize the political will um, now, I don't know when we will. But I do think that it would be it would be it would be so nice if we could just get there also because everyone realized how valuable it is to safeguard women's health just along with anybody anybody's health, and that we don't have to offer more justifications. Um, so that's what I would put out there today. Very inspiring. Very inspiring words, Ilsa. Thank you so much. I concur 100%. I remember I used to work at a company where the CEO, um, who was a male, but he said, you know, do the right thing just because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> so that's uh, words to live by. And it's a, it's a big, you know, $50 billion company. So this is, um, you know, leaders can lead from the positions that they're in to say, you know, we're going to give some dollars here to support the equipment, or we're going to help you out with the supply chain to get some of the equipment um, that's that save it from landfill and, and regenerate it and get it back in the system as well. Marissa, I'll let you respond to that as well, if you'd like to, for that last question. Uh, sure, I, I could just say ditto. Uh, honestly, <laughs> I mean, they, they already did my, my job. So that's amazing. But thank you. So, um, uh, yeah, you know, like I really responded to, to what Elsa said, like, stop talking about the, the ROI. Unfortunately, we have to. And because uh, because of the amount of investors that unfortunately and, and, and people who are at decision making um, are men. And so that's another part of this equation that we have to continue to change as well. And, you know, ensuring that women, again, going back to the, to the SDGs, you know, ensuring that women are in positions of decision-making, but ensuring that they have their health so that they can be in those positions. And that's really important. And it's not just in the U.S. to be making decisions or Europe to be making decisions. It's all around the world. And um, that's, that's really why we do what we do, because we know that they can't be women in these positions of power, positions of decision-making, 
And whether it's just in their family or their community or in the country itself or the region, um, they don't have their health, they, they can't do any of that. And that's, that's very much kind of what we continue to fight for. And it seems like a very small thing to focus on is to make sure people, you know, and especially women and doctors have these, this equipment, but it, there's tangible ramifications to that. And almost all of the work that we do is, is in a developing country, in communities um, that often see racial injustice, um, which has been very apparent to us this year in, in lower to middle, middle income countries and or communities in certain countries as well. And um, I think focusing on that seems to be where we feel that we can make the most change and um, where we can impact, you know, humankind as, uh, you know, at large. And it's a very grandiose thought um, but like, you know, everyone has their, their place and their focus and their, each company does as well. And, you know, it's very important for, for women to have their health. And I think it's most important, you know, the other side of it is one of the reasons I founded it was because I want girls to go to school and they can't go to school when their mothers and their grandmothers and their aunts are sick because they're the first ones pulled out of school. And it's those, those girls in school, they're going to change our world. And it's just, you know, like we see the continuum and making sure that those girls are in school so that they can be our future is the reason why we do a lot of what we do. And it, it, it just plays into everything that has been made even more apparent this year. And, um, and, and I'm glad, and I hope that people, you know, exactly what, what Jen and Elsa said, like people are starting to pay attention and they were, you know, they were in our small communities and in our communities that we talk about this, but now at large people are becoming far more cognizant that, yeah, you have to invest in healthcare. Yes, you have to invest in women. Yes, you have to invest in women's healthcare. Um, and it's not just a US problem. It's not just a European problem. This is a global problem, um, which is made horribly apparent given how uh, detrimental things have been going in the US. Um, and so I think it, it, it's just, it's, it's put a spotlight. Uh, it, unfortunately, we had to go through this, but it does put a spotlight and maybe this is the catalyst for us to move forward in the future um, to, to where we're all working and where we all want to be. Truth words, right? <laughs> You're a truth teller, definitely. We have a couple minutes just a brief for a brief question, maybe one or two questions. So if you can type those in the chat, then I will verbalize those to the panel and see if we can get a response for you before the close of our session. So please uh, go over to your chat. Uh, it was near your reaction button there. And you click on the chat and then you can send uh, to everyone or you're welcome just to send to myself or to any of the panelists here. So questions for this uh, esteemed panel here. You get a lot of uh, intelligence. So hit them up. <laughs> and, and just, um, I had one texted to me <laughs> for oh, somebody perfect. who had to drop That's off. Hey, so, uh, so I'll read it. I'm not going to respond though, because <laughs> uh, I've had time to think about it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, um, it's what's, what is the single most important thing we can do as a global community to work towards health equity for women right now? So like the one single thing. And I think we've touched on it, but if there's any, any other big one. So Ilsa or Jen? Uh, I'd say um, policy change 
um, and and just amping up accountability. So working with media and others to to, um, to publicize where countries are. But one of the most interesting um, interventions that I read about that I've never I haven't read much more about was a, a legal action um, again to to um, prosecute. Um, Malpractice and but in, in for, for women's health and maternal health. Um, so I just I think that if if there was a way to change accountability um, and spotlight uh, in new and different ways, that could be transformative. I mean, it's not something that any one of us right here can do right now, but I you know that's a big question. So there's a big answer. Well, as citizens and communities, we can call all of our, all of our legislators too as well and let that be known. Yeah, absolutely. Public policy, a great one, and legal actions. Marissa or Jen? I think for me, it's um, continuing to advocate a public health message, right, to um, everyone, no matter where you are, making sure that that message is reaching um, the right people um, in the right ways. Um, because as I mentioned earlier, we really, in this world, there's so much distress. So building the trust, making sure it's, um, the right information um, and that it's from a trusted source to sort of get people out of their shell and to want to go and get the access to health uh, that they may have or information on how to go access that health um, is really critical um, moving forward. Thanks so much, Jen. Those are all actions that we all can take, whether whether we be a leader in a company, an employee, or even a citizen in our community. So thank you so much. So, and if you write it down, folks on the call, write it down, you'll be 80% more likely to do it. So write down what you want to achieve today to towards those SDG three and five that we're focused on. And Marissa, do you want to take us out with our um, 30 seconds left here with the words of wisdom? And, and please also paste in the chat as well for everybody so that we know the link and can learn more and um, put those words into action for you. Yeah, and, and I was going to just gonna say act. I had to use one word, act. So whether that's, you know, working on an um, advocacy, whether it's, you know, fighting for climate change, whether it's whatever you are believe in and whatever you think is important, just stop sitting back. Like we've seen it this year. You have to stop sitting and do something. So just act. And whether it's just making a phone call or an email to connect you know, connect us to somebody or connect uh, anybody to anybody to, to make a change in this world, you know, you can, you can act. It's, it, it's, it's something small, but it could be incredibly monumental. Um, you know, you act with your dollars, you act with your actions and you, you act with, with who you are as a person. And so and that would be, I had to use one word, uh, that would be mine. Um, but yeah, and I will paste obviously her healthy cue dot uh, org. That's our, our company. Um, and we're just, we're, we're really excited about the future. And we hate that it took a, you know, we were still doing amazing work and we hate that it took a global pandemic to, to make us even more relevant. Um, but unfortunately it did. And, and we know that we will come out stronger because of this. And we know that the world will come out stronger because of this. So, um, and it's because we're, we're using our actions to be able to, to make change in this world. Absolutely. Marissa, Jen, Ilsa, thank you so much. And thank you for all of us uh, taking our time out today um, to focus in on women's health. Let's act and let's build back better. Thank you so much. I'm Faith LeGenre and it's been my pleasure to be your host today.